You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your host, Monster Deface and Michael Panda. Available on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other podcast streaming platforms. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your host here, Monster Deface, bringing you guys episode 104. 50. Got a couple things to talk about here today. Man, last week was crazy, dude. Not not only like with the Fortnite space and like all the stuff that was unfolding, we kind of went off on a crazy tangent in that last episode, keeping you all updated on just, I guess, the hecticness, uh, but also all the extra episodes we've been dropping from the Practice Makes Perfect podcast as well, which downloads and interaction there are looking really awesome. So I'm glad you all are getting that content, y'all. Deserved. I feel like, uh, you know, we went on a little bit of uh, some low moments at the end of last year, things getting crazy, but we're definitely starting off with the, you know, uh, I say a foot in a great direction, and I'm happy to be pumping out content for you all at home. Of course, guys, if you guys are new to the podcast or returning listeners, thank you guys for tuning in, whether it be via Apple, Spotify. I think we just got the approvals on Amazon and Google. Not sure if I announced that last time, but we're definitely on a couple more chains that you guys can listen to, and we're really happy to be able to bring you guys this content. So, without any further distraction or delays, let's get into let's get into some Fortnite today, Panda. Let's start it off there. Hey, man, it's good to be back. It's uh, it's been an interesting uh, interesting time to say the least. Uh, we we've had an interesting couple weeks, but hey, prepping for FNCS is no joke, and boy, is it coming in fast. Yeah, definitely. Let's just kick things off with Fortnite before we start circling back to those other crazy topics and wrapping up or I guess making it come full circle on some of the other things we were keeping you guys updated on because FNCS like you mentioned is around the corner and honestly I mean my focus this season is on NA East um I know the EU scene is buzzing right now you're still on West right yeah it looks like uh I'll be hanging out with the West Coast people and uh, prepping up for them because they, they got some interesting storylines developing there over on the West Coast. Yeah, definitely. And let's talk a little bit about FNCS, maybe some early predictions, expectations. How are you feeling about the season to come? Where's your head at as far as the competitive space right now? Let's just talk, I guess, personal thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So let me go ahead and start by giving some some predictions from the different regions, right? Obviously, we're going to talk mainly about Europe, NA East, and NA West. But starting with Europe, and we'll talk more about this guy coming up here in a little bit, but Malibuka and Mustache, two players that have been showing up the last couple seasons. They're kind of my prediction to do extremely well, if not come out on top this FNCS. And we're going to see that performance start in the qualifiers this weekend. Now, NA East, I have no clue. Mm. We Monster and I were kind of talking about this before we hopped in. Literally... I have no but no idea who people are playing with even on the East Coast. Like it's been such a weird dynamic that the players haven't been really showcasing uh accurately, I should say, who they're actually playing with going into FNCS. So East, I'm not sure if I have a personal prediction yet, but West Coast, it, Arkham Epic Whale are playing together, yeah, so that's yeah. probably a safe <laughs> bet. Um Re- Rex are playing together and then one duo that I think is is kind of flying under the radar, and I'm excited to see what they can do this FNCS, is Batman, Booga, and Wheels. They're two players that have been doing exceptionally well the past couple seasons. They've been making it to the finals. Um, but their performance this season has, has kind of given me some hope okay. that they're going in the right direction, and we could see a top five performance, if not a top three. 
Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, Wheels has that deep controller background. It's been around the scene for a while. One of the earlier content yeah. creators or streamers, pros that kind of did the live streaming thing and you know leaned into the content side. So I really, I really do appreciate the fact that he's still around and you know trying to get trying to get back on his grind. As for Batman Booga, don't know much about him, but I do remember his I guess uh, surge and appearance the last time. You know, fun name. He kind of played into it. So really, really interesting to see people like him just take on someone else's identity, put a fun spin on it, but be well received and recepted in the scene. Um, when it comes down to EU, I'll throw it out there, man. I think one of the more exciting teams that I'm looking at right now is Mitro and Mongrel. Now, I don't know if they're going to continue to compete with one another as a competitive duo, but I do find it very cool to see that Mongrel's been getting back into the content swing. And typically, when he's streaming and he's able to, you know, put himself out there, I, to me, it shows that he's in good moods. He's in good spirit, and he's excited yeah. and kind of, you know what I mean, like mentally ready for this season and that's one of mongrel's biggest biggest hurdles is it's always been his his battle with i would say it looks like anxiety i don't want to say it's depression because i don't think you know he's he kind of suffers through that not you know like on a i would say a level that will probably affect him you know physically and mentally uh as much yeah. as his anxiety does because we know that when it comes down to pressure situations mongrel has really struggled but I don't know, man. Seeing that him, seeing him do the streaming, seeing him have someone like Mitro, who's just like a, a burst of personality, come together, have fun, laughing on stream, and then just slaying freaking noobs in lobbies is always really, really good, and it feels really promising. So, I want to see what Mongo can do this season. Um, he, he's one of those players that we we constantly want to root for uh, because because he's just an OG, right? And, and he's he's damn good at the game, right? Let's be honest. So, um, that's my EU team. As for NA East. We definitely, like you said, there's a big question mark on NA East because it's been all over the place. But from what I have gathered, and this is just based off of like two minutes of tweet searching, so I don't even know if this team is <laughs> is going to be the team that sticks with one another, but it's definitely going to be scented and cold for me. Cold is someone who has an, an extensive history within the Fortnite space, one of those young grinders, one of those practice server grinders, like I like to call them, uh, been around the scene for a long time, putting in that work, not necessarily major popular, but has always had, you know, let's just say that top 10 finalist type success story. Opposite to someone like Scented, who's been very much in the limelight, very much at that S tier number one type position player. For him to pick up someone who's still, I would say, Maybe maybe someone who has the workaholic mentality like Scented, I think they're going to do very well together. And it says a lot about Scented for him to drop someone like Edgy, who is just, you know, ridiculous at the game, or someone like Commandment, who he could have easily also tried to pair with. But instead, we see Commandment was stretched this season, right? Yeah, I mean, a pretty unique change, right? And even going back to, like, Mongrel Micho, right? I think stuff like that is good. Obviously, chemistry is important. But Mongrel, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the season, even said was like, I'm not taking this as seriously. Mm -hmm. I'm making content. I'm here for the content. And clearly, it's working on his favor. Like you mentioned, the anxiety can sometimes get to people in those high-pressure situations. So when you take away that high pressure on you to be successful, it kind of changes the game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And we're seeing things change all the time, even within Fortnite, because guess what? We got a brand new mechanic. I think it's called the gyro mechanic. This is basically, you can use your controller and physically aim with your controller, leaning it in different directions on an axis, and there's different types of settings. But 
Panda, if you have a better way to explain to the viewers at home, if you guys have not seen this new way to aim on controllers, is there another way that you can break this down to people and maybe why this is cool and can be beneficial for the players at home? Yeah, absolutely. So this is one thing that I'm really passionate about, and it's that Fortnite does these things that, that provide quality of life for the game to continue on. And it's what makes the game unique, but it also sets up other games similar to Fortnite to do the same. And I have a feeling this is one of those changes that we're going to see do that. So it is the new and improved gyro controls, right? Not only that, there's also a flick stick control, which is unique, but we haven't seen too much action going on with it. However, with the overall change, you can control with one joystick and the movement of the controller itself where you aim. And that is a huge change for controller because you weren't always able to just fully control what you were doing. Now those micro adjustments can easily be made with the controller. So that makes the, the recoil when firing weapons a little bit easier to manage. And, and it's definitely gonna be funner to play with for sure. This is something we actually have seen in gaming before in uh, Splatoon back in the day. However, this is the first real like mainstream shooter that we've seen take on this mechanic. And I think they did it pretty well. Now, one last thing I will note, I don't think we're going to see this active in competitive play going into this weekend because there's just not enough time to practice it. Uh, I, I disagree, man. I can totally see people using it, especially when it comes to um, something interesting that Resub said. He said, yeah, it's a cool mechanic and it may not be the full functionality of having you know, this this basically access on at all time, this gyro control access on all the time may not be feasible, but for aim down sight, it can actually close the gap for people that struggle on controller to hit longer range targets because you can actually set up to where it's only on when you aim down sight, which is in very rare kind of controlled circumstances. So if you're able to kind of utilize that plus obviously this or you wouldn't even need to use your thumbs right you can just control it a little bit more smoother it kind of closes the skill gap or you know makes it so that um that that one issue that kind of hinders controller player long range aiming and tracking is uh nullified right so there, there's a huge reason for pros to be using it and then listen pros adapt way faster than us so i think on a like a brainwave level to me i would never do it this close to competition i think for like the pros they're just on a different frequency and i'm pretty sure someone in the scene will probably be pulling it off and maybe to come to, uh making it come to life here um one thing i did want to say to kind of touch on what you said is yes epic is surely kind of advancing the space and i feel like this is absolutely some kind of you know technology that will be adopted into other titles i can easily see this being beneficial because it's cool it just seems intuitive and it just looks like it makes sense it's almost like one of those things like Man, why didn't someone else think about it, right? So shout out mm -hmm. to the man who did it. His name is Jib Smart. Um, Fortnite gave him a shout out on the initial tweet. And I went to his page and you can see on his page since September 13th, 2019. This is years ago. He actually developed this kind of um, overlay for his technology for this idea that he had came up with. So he works with big, big game studios. And I think this is going to give him a lot more business and allow him to sell his technology and this oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, this is, this is a huge W for him. And again, that's just one of those things that like only in Epic, only in Fortnite, you see them step out of their way, support 
genuine people that deserve it and kind of platform them along the way too, right? It's not just influencers, it's devs. It's people doing cool stuff in the space like this. And this is just another, you know, notch on the, another notch in the belt. I feel like for Epic, when it comes down to supporting the scene, innovating the scene and something that I can absolutely be, uh, see be adopted almost across the board, across most shooter titles. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think this is something that has existed, right? But it's never, I don't even think I've thought about this control here in a game like Fortnite or even games like titles like Warzone, Valorant, etc. So it's really unique that they were able to bring it into the game. They, like you said, they platformed the person that was responsible for the technology, which is super cool. Um, but yeah, no one else is doing it. And again, when, when everybody's like fixated on, on, on sending that, that negativity towards Epic because they don't like a change, blah, blah, blah. Epic's still doing more than anybody else out there. Well, just talk about innovative stuff as I was just like scrolling through. I forgot Steam created their own uh, mobile device, like mobile oh, console, yeah. the Steam Deck. I'm just looking at that right now. This is like a huge sidetrack, but I'm like, I kind of want one. Like maybe like, this looks pretty so, dope. Just talking about like advances in technology and like emerging things. They announced that thing last year sometime, yeah. and they're finally starting to ship out. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see once they get into the hands of people. But originally, they were boasting with that Steam Deck that you could play any game that's on Steam on the Steam Deck. Now, they've they've kind of retracted that and said, hey, you could play what's on this list. Right, right. But the, but the list is back. still pretty good. Yeah, the list is still pretty good, though. So... It, it definitely has potential to be a new version of mobile PC gaming. Uh, and it's something that hasn't been touched on at all. So well, what, what excites me the most about it is there are so many titles on Steam that are just computer only like titles, right? You can't get on mm -hmm. console. They definitely don't really exist on Nintendo Switch if it's, you know, not across all platforms. Um, so just kind of like as I jump on the Valve page. Um, ironically, their number one or most recent tweet is a Nintendo Switch tweet about the a game on their, their platform, but it looks like they probably sourced that game to Nintendo Switch. So Steam or Valve is definitely double dipping here, which is really interesting. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, I think the Steam Deck is going to be really cool. I think it's going to have access to tons of titles that are not necessarily going to be on the Switch or native to the Switch. Um, and they, they're probably going to have a nice roster of just straight exclusives. So um yeah word T take a look at it guys search it up oh no if you guys haven't heard about it you know cool you get a little bonus some some off the fortnite stuff uh let, let's <laughs> let's get back to fortnite though let's talk about malibuka man malibuka has been the talk of the scene talk of the town this dude's on a on a, a huge tear right now consistent across the board it's almost like he can't be stopped um what do you think is making him be separated from the rest in the space right now yeah, I mean, obviously the consistent placements have been great. Three uh, first places in solo cash cups, two second places in duo cash cups uh, sessions. And on top of that, one of the sessions back in January, he won six of his games. Like, to just to put that into context, six games out of, he played eight matches, meaning he only lost two matches and the two matches that he lost, once one was in ninth place, and then the other one was off spawn. So, <laughs> like, there's no better way to to position someone to talk about him because second, like, he got 258 points in in that round in the solo cash cup. Cami, who came in second, got 193. 
So almost seven, or I guess technically more than 70 points difference just shows you how talented the kid is. Yeah, hey, listen, I, I, I agree. Um, anyone that's that consistent right now is someone to be impressed with, right? We're talking about a season where ugh, I wanted to throw a rough number out there, but I'm just going to say 99% of the pros are not happy, right? Like, and no one is competing at this level of consistency the way Malabuka has shown that he can, can uh, compete at right now. Um, and yeah. we're talking about a time where we've had the most or maybe like the biggest surge and notable name stepping away from competitive, right? Like, but it's expected. Let's just think about how much years people have played the game. Like naturally we're going to have that kind of turnover, but this season it just feels like amplified a little bit. Yeah, it definitely is. I think um, obviously with a, with a community that's not as hyped to play the game, obviously it, it provides for less enticing moments to, to really step up and, and grind. But Malabuka, despite obviously being one of those people that's not happy with the state, right? Because if you look at Malabuka's profile picture, it's a picture of the SMG and the MK7, and it says Epic Games Fix. That's all it says. Uh, so that's his profile picture. So he definitely agrees with the community, but he never stopped grinding. He never stopped putting in work. He's He's been in those noble scrims. He's been putting in the hours, and that just shows that it doesn't matter what state the game is, He's ready to be the best player in the world, and he's showcasing why 2022 is his year. Yep, listen, and, and that's someone we're going to have to look out on. Unlucky for us that we don't get to, uh, you know, really utilize or, or check out and cover the EU space. We're kind of stuck on the NA scene, so our scene is just, like, all over the place. Well, you got a consistent squad to root for. Uh, don't know how fun that is sometimes because when you kind of know the results, <laughs> it's like, bro, how can we get someone to overtake this Arkham guy, dude? Like, you know, like, like who's going to come down and snipe Epic? Well, that's usually the story of the West, but NA, man, NA is all over the place right now, and, I mean, it, I, I'm equally just curious of where it's going to go for EU. They have a clear person to root for. Kind of reminds me back, like during the World Cup time, where it was like Stompy and Shinken were the guys. Unfortunately, when it came to World Cup, they flopped. But you knew going into it, like this, this dude's the one that you can bet your money on. Um, I want to say the last person we've seen on this level of consistency and just you know didn't look back once they kind of broke through was Tayson and Jonas. Right? These are two players that absolutely once they kind of cross that elite threshold. They have not stopped. Um, Reason, I would say, is one of the ones that are kind of up there as well. So Malabuka, he's he's been up there. He's a very, very well-respected pro. But this is just his time right now. I'm not sure what's what's switched on, what's kind of going good for him. But maybe it's just the, the return to the OG map, right? He's just got a fresh take on it. But this dude is definitely on his game right now. And he's going to be someone to for sure look out for. So when it comes down to Fortnite and, and who we got our eyes out on, Man, if you're a fan of Fortnite competitive, uh, this this kickoff weekend is going to be a huge one. It's going to be a pivotal one for rosters, um, players to look out for, up-and-coming faces, like who's going to punch their ticket through to the finals, who's going to kind of make a statement for early 2022 and the new chapter. That is what's on the line. That's what makes Season 1 so exciting and significant. It kind of sets the pace for all of us. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to it because this is just the start of the year. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And... Boy, is it kicking off uh, pretty interestingly, to say the least. So it'll be good. Obviously, it's going to be a good uh, few weeks here of FNCS. It's going to be busy for both Monster and I. As you know, uh, it'll keep us on our toes. But we'll keep bringing these episodes, man. We're going to stay consistent, right? 
Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, I got I got two podcasts on the line right now. If, if you're not holding me accountable, <laughs> I hope John rushes at this point. There should be at the very least some content coming to all of you guys at home. Um, which once again, I want to encourage you guys, drop your feels, drop your reviews, hit us up. I would love to know kind of where we are, how you guys are feeling about the content. Twitter's the best place to reach us. Um yeah, let's move sure. on though. Let's, let's start kind of circling back here as we get into the uh the back half of the of the scene um last week we talked about tng crypto and aka tng true north gaming versus team new age it was, it was a pretty big story that we were covering here we gave both sides the benefit of the doubt um tng the side that owed the money to uh kirsch the ceo of team new age we kind of gave him that leeway like hey man listen you know he's he's a face in the scene you know he, he's we just talked to him like he, he He's good, right? He's good. He should be all right. He says this money's coming in. We gave Kirsch the benefit of the doubt of, hey, man, you have the right to be upset. Half a million dollars goes up and missing, and you're having uh, problems getting your collection on. We get it, right? Hopefully, this gets resolved. Um, then we had some developments. <laughs> mm -hmm. We had some pretty big developments. Panda, talk to me about what happened. Well... Uh, it actually started with Kirsch tweeting out, and this is how I noticed, Kirsch tweeting out, hey, does anybody have contact uh, at TNG with crypto? He seems to have blocked me. So I was like, okay, well, let me do some research, right? Let me look into it. And crypto deleted his Twitter. And I was like, as soon as I saw that, I messaged Monster, and I'm like, welp, he hit the dash. Uh, <laughs> and this was a day after our podcast dropped. I oh want to say gosh. it was pretty close like yeah. it wasn't too much time uh splitting between the two so he he disappeared so we have not gotten any kind of public notice from kirsch that is taken care of um crypto still not on twitter uh tng however the org is still on twitter is it? but they haven't been active so they haven't posted anything since all this has happened However, the org page is still up and running, so they haven't deleted it. So it'll be interesting to see what they do next, but look, this is not a good look here for crypto and TNG. I did not realize that the, yeah, the esports organization Twitter is still up. They haven't sent any messaging. Man, I'm tempted to just hit the pros up, right? Like Peterbot or someone just to see like, dude, we're like, how's it going over there? Like, everything all right? Like, you know what I mean? Are you guys getting paid? Like, because this, this is a true ghost like type situation this man just up and vanished basically deleted his primary profiles a fun fact i was in the discord with him when i was on a physical call with him and his uh you know wh whomever he had in the call with him at the time and like i said i was relatively convinced that dude like oh, i get it man yeah you're going through some hardship and you know whatever these the circumstances weird but they're about to handle it so like for them to kick me out the discord when this all happened it's 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 really really interesting because they're trying to cover something up um part of me is still skeptical though like this this could be all sham and and whatever right like i don't know i don't really know uh you know my my inner optimism wants to hope that kirsch gets his money back um but seeing that he isn't complaining about it seeing that he isn't you know he, he stopped tweeting about it no one's kind of brought it up it's almost like going under the rug it's just like, is he embarrassed, right? Like he kind of wants to put it past him, like because no one wants to. 
continue to relive a half a million dollar loss, right? Like complaining isn't going to yeah. get you anywhere. If someone just up and disappears, especially when it comes down to this like crypto technology, right? Like once you send it, once it's out of your wallet, that's it. Like it's gone. It's non-retrievable. It's not backed by anything. There's, you know, that that's on you, right? Like liability is completely on you and your decision to send it out. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's one of those things, like like you mentioned for Kirsch, right? You don't know if you want to keep it public. Technically, Kirsch wasn't the one to bring it public in the first place. Um, but half a million dollars is still half a million dollars. Like, that's a big loss. Fortunately, it seems like there was some legitimacy and contracts probably involved behind the scenes to make this happen. So even if crypto does try to delete his Twitter, there's no way that he can just disappear, right? Yeah. So listen, it, he'll I, he'll get tracked down because a half a million dollars, uh, it's gonna get found. I, like I don't know if it's gonna get found. That's that's the problem here. Um, usually like in this space, right? So j just so we can all kind of be transparent here, if someone has the wallet address, which like he could have easily leaked, and this is this is the other side of it that makes it super sketchy too, because Kirsch could easily share the wallet that he's sending the money to, right? Mm -hmm. In it, it, thus in return leaking every transaction that goes in and out of that wallet so we can verify what was sent when it was sent from whom it was sent and how much like you know money generation is is generated from this wallet is happening so yeah it can it can really lead to some interesting data but Kirsch doesn't do that and that's probably because he equally faces a risk right being an owner of his own project how much money has he made right like all the other side does get to you know i guess the skeletons in the closet come out if he pushes too far, and I think, and this is just a hunch, part of me thinks, no, you know what? We're going to keep our skeletons in the closet, take the L. What's half a milli when you have, you know, two milli, right? Or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, who knows? But that is the real other side of it that I'm thinking kind of came into play here. And that's why they're just like, you know what? It makes more sense for us to just put it behind us before, you know, you get this like cloud put over you or maybe the, not even a cloud but this magnifying glass put on you and like people start asking questions about you right and and things like that yeah 100 percent. i think uh at this point it's just one of those uh hey i just gotta call it we'll i'm know. not not worried about we'll never know like <laughs> it, it sucks like we you know monster and i want to know right like we've been talking about this story uh but it looks like we'll probably it's one of those situations, like I said last week, we, we'll just never know the facts. And now we know for sure we'll uh, probably not going to find any more out about this story, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, it happens. That's why, again, for those out there listening, if you're looking to get involved in, in crypto and everything else and esports, etc., make sure you are talking to people that are reputable. Make sure you're keep having us. Uh, what is it? Fail safes mm -hmm. in place, like contracts, etc. And make sure you are uh, not putting yourself in a position where you could potentially lose a half a million dollars. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and also just make sure if you're, uh, you know, a forward facing entity, maybe a dev of a company, you uh, you watch what you say, even when you're joking. Uh, we're going to end this on a little fun note. Evan from the epic team my boy evan soros this is someone that i've known for many many years way back you know during my original kind of onboarding days into the casting scene he's a dev for fortnite and he, he managed to get i, I want to say i thought it was hilarious 
but he managed to piss off the pros who are in a pretty sour state as it was about a week ago he tweeted something fun panda go ahead and read this to the folks at home and, and feel free to try to do it in evan's voice if you want to just imagine what he sounded like all right i have no clue what evan <laughs> sounds like but he's from north carolina so maybe i'll, I'll add a southern twang to it um <clears throat> Every time someone gives a very helpful and constructive feedback, like fix your game, we intentionally go and break one additional thing. Oh, that was great. That was actually really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, listen, that Evan, Evan's one of the back-end devs for Fortnite. This man works really, really hard. And unfortunately, like all the Fortnite Epic devs, it's like people just don't understand that everyone has their own role, right? Like, granted sure let's let's all shoot shots at donald mustard right he's definitely at the top of the food chain but like when you're picking on people like sundown i mean shoot even myself panda we cannot just change your game fix your game we don't do balance right so all these devs they face these issues on a regular basis and they proudly represent epic in their you know bios and things like that so they probably receive it at an amplified um you know number as far as requests death threats, hate messages, and just outlandish random things I can imagine that comes their way. So for him to tweet something funny like this, you know, just kind of messing around, like making, just making joke of the situation, like the pros were not happy. You have people like Macwood, you have people like Stretch, you have just all these pros commenting underneath here, either one saying like, no, we know this is exactly how you guys act, or like two, just saying like, how dare you guys tweet something like this when, you know, the game's in one of the, you know, most horrendous states, AKA they hate the SMG, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> but shout out to Evan, man. He comments underneath just saying, hey, I have to, I can't believe I have to say this, but it's obvious. This is satirical, like LMAO, right? Like guys, relax, yeah. it's a joke. And uh, yeah, people were not happy with this joke. Yeah, look. I get it from both sides, right? Obviously, tensions are high. People are frustrated. They see this. They're like, okay, you know what? This is the last straw, right? But this community also says every single time they don't like something in the game that how how this is the worst and how this is terrible and how this is miserable. Like, it's a trend, right? It's And it feels like it's every other season. There's something that leads the community to be like, this is bad. And and there are times where I'm like, like okay, you know what? This fully makes sense. I remember when the primals came into the game and and it was even tough for me to play and i love fortnite right and it was even tough for me to open up the game but like you can't the the reason like this this feedback and 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 stuff isn't taken seriously is because or maybe they do take it seriously but they just don't see the need in the moment is solely because the the community and the way they respond and the way they act to all of this it just it, it doesn't work man you have to be uh, a little bit more professional about the way that you handle yourself. And and I, I actually saw Vadil tweet out under a post about what Ninja was saying about the community and said, this is a game for kids. We can act childish. But it's like, no, no you're way. a professional. I, yeah, right? It was actually in a recent resub video that I got to watch. It was his response to Ninja saying the state of competitive in, in the community. But um, it Vadil said that, and I was like, guys, you just don't get it if you're a professional in this game making thousands and thousands of dollars there is a certain standard that you have to be held to whether it's from your organization your family whatever the case may be like you you put yourself in a position 
to that you have to be professional, right? Like, and if you aren't professional, then the then the opportunities to keep this as a consistent job for the rest of your life go away. To give you context, like I guarantee you, some of these Fortnite pros would have had crazy brand deals from massive companies had their socials been very different, right? Yeah, I mean, look at look it, at Booga is a prime example of someone who just you know what keeps low low profile. And, you know, whatever, plays the game at a high level, doesn't complain too much, massive brand deals regularly, Hollister, um, um, and just, what was it, Five Below, right? They're like these literal major mainstream deals. Um, granted, there's other cases and, and studies where people that are not necessarily the, the most brand safe still get opportunity, but it's clear that if you just kind of do your thing, keep a low profile, you can definitely make some bread. Um, but hey, listen, the deals, I believe 15, right? These are the kind of things 15 year olds are going to say. I always yeah. kind of wrap it back to, hey, esports organization, you know, like the guy that's signing this guy and paying this dude several thousand dollars salary. How about you, you know, instill the mentorship? How about you, you know, provide that programming and that, and that guidance for your players? Because there's teams like Becoming Legends that do those kind of things. And you, we don't see really anything from their players right they they lead with maturity they lead with a with an environment that promotes positivity and just just an awesome lifestyle so that's what i would really see as a lifestyle brand these other brands yeah they have lifestyle in their their you know bio section but man the lifestyles they're pumping out are definitely not ones of leadership and promoting independence and you know maturity that's for sure that is uh is for sure and it's unfortunate because it puts this this negative like blanket over the entire Fortnite community, right? When, when the entire Fortnite community doesn't deserve it. I can only imagine the amount of major brands that like, they want to step into esports, especially right now. And they want to throw big money at esports, but then they see stuff on, on socials that they're like, wait, why would I throw money towards this community when this is how they act? Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to be careful and you have to be mindful of that stuff for those that are listening, because in all honesty, all it takes is like let's say let's say AMD. Let's say an AMD wants to sponsor a $200,000 tournament over the span of a, like a 2-month period, whatever the case may be, they want to do that. But then they're like, what game do we choose? They go to Fortnite, they they all they have to do is type in Fortnite in the explore tab on Twitter. True. And all you see is fix your effing game this that and the third <laughs> you think do you think they're going to to choose fortnite after looking at that no and don't get me wrong other games have issues too right and other games have communities that talk about the issues but they talk about it definitely more constructively than fortnite to say the least and uh it, it makes it more likely that people are going to navigate that those big money tournaments or those big money sponsorships over in that direction that's a really interesting thing to think about like yeah, exactly. When someone kind of goes in, like Twitter, unfortunately nowadays is your resume and that means the game title too. And like you just mentioned, genuinely kind of, or, or the authentic, uh, the authenticity behind people's um, just, yeah, willing to just be a straight shooter, I guess, with how negative they feel about things are, uh, it, it's pretty clear. It cannot be hidden. Uh, the, the Twitter timeline does not lie. So you see, you see, yeah, you see all kinds of stuff. Um, but that that's that kind of ties into like that ninja post where he's like, dude, pro scenes are toxic. Like Fortnite is definitely one of the toxic ones, um, like a hundred percent. But to me, that comes from obviously the the leadership and and kind of our our game and content creator pros 
that lead the space. And we've 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 talked about this a lot, but it's just another one of those instances where you kind of see it, I guess, from the other side where like, you know, again, even now, like it's gotten toxic to the point like devs can't even have fun or make make right, like make jokes and their personal yeah. accounts, like dudes are just getting targeted. Um, I guess before before we move on from this topic, what are your thoughts on like, you know, separating the two entities? Like should devs because devs equally hold, I guess, you know, as much weight as an influencer, should they be able to joke like that? Should they have a more personal account that doesn't necessarily flaunt that they're a, a developer, right? Like that kind of draws a different line, I guess, in like censorship. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that Epic probably like I can't imagine that by that comment they were super happy, right? Even right. if it was a joke. Like, and, and this is just me outside looking in. I don't work for Epic, nor does Monster, so we don't know for sure, right? But it's possible that they, they could see that that tweet and not be happy with the developer for tweeting it, right? Because obviously look at the onslaught of comments afterwards. But I mean, I mean, I was gonna say that kind of just ties back to like even Aussie Antics or Resub who've, you know, gotten, let's just say uh reprimanded or like you know discipline or, or maybe brought to the side like hey you know these are some edgy things right like we are also still like kind of censored at times you, you got to be very very careful with how you say things when we're in these positions myself and i'm sure you included panda like if you went off on a tangent and it was negative yeah i'm sorry dude you're probably gonna get in trouble right like so although we're not devs we still do have a standard too and i feel yeah. like it gets like you said it probably gets even more like um yeah, more more of a more technical when you are an actual, you know, part of the team, right? In in that kind of instance. Oh, for sure. And and kind of lastly on that, it, it don't think that us as as these influencers that are involved with Epic can't say what we don't like about the game because we do, right? But we find constructive ways to do it. We're not telling them to fix their effing game and True. and all this that and the third. We're, Only in private guys. <laughs> exactly no <laughs> but but it really boils down to this like you, you just have to be more constructive with the way that you give feedback as a community we've been saying it for weeks now and uh it's just it is one of those things that until that happens i just don't see major changes happening every time somebody bats an eye which again there's been adjustments to the smg there's been adjustments to the mk7 there's been adjustments to spider-man gauntlets um, they adjusted armor walls before they put them into competitive and and um they've definitely like epic is paying attention to what's being said but just because they won't make that final adjustment that you want to smgs it just doesn't mean that you you go off as negatively as the uh, community has yeah and if you guys want to like listen a little bit more about these fn competitive breakdowns check out fn competitive on twitter life of pan and resub did a masterpiece of a breakdown on all the new weapon options available to uh Pretty much check out the, the most updated stuff that's going on in the space. Uh, with that being said, I'm about to piece up out of here. Panda, let the people at home know where they can find you for this awesome episode 150 close out here. Yep, you can find me on Twitter, LifeWPanda. And coming back to, to live streaming here shortly at twitch.tv forward slash life with panda. Nice. And I think he had some mod op, uh, applications out there. So he's definitely trying mm -hmm. to make sure he buffs up the team, guys. So connect with the boy Panda. He's got some cool stuff here. And he's making his return to content. Uh, while you're doing that, don't forget to send your complaints to 
thefortnitepodcast.gmail.com. Check us out at MonsterDeface on all social handles and, of course, at Fortnite Podcast for those hot notifications when these episodes are going to drop. I'm going to go ahead and hop off now to go edit this bad boy. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to dance out those kills and boast those victory royales, y'all. Peace.